Typically, I record the intro after I have recorded the interview with my guest, and there is a very specific reason to it. When I do the mastering, when I cut the interview into pieces and then put it all together, I always write down things that were discussed during the interview, and quite a lot of things come up as bullet points that I can share with you later on in the blog post and I can give you a summary on LinkedIn. Today we will talk about the break-even point. It's a very interesting milestone for uh, startup owners to finally get to that point. We will talk about working with the European Space Agency, which is also a very interesting topic. We will also discuss hiring the first sales engineer and how important it is for a startup. Most importantly, we will obviously talk about the company itself. We will talk about the technology. Today, I have invited Jędrzej Kowalewski, the CEO of Scanway, a Polish space industry startup. If you find my work useful, make sure to leave a comment and subscribe to the channels as I would uh, really appreciate any feedback from you guys. And now, without further ado, I'll just play the intro and then we can enjoy the interview with my guest. Welcome to Venture Poland Podcast. My name is Daniel Czachorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startup founders, managers and engineers, so we can all learn from them. Enjoy! Jędrzej, at the very beginning, of uh, each episode, I ask my guests to give us a quick pitch on the company. So, you know, since you're the CEO, 60 seconds on Scanway, please. Okay, hello. Um, Scanway measures the world by light. So we believe that everything can be measured by light. So uh, we provide professional vision systems and professional uh, machine vision that can measure a very different aspects of life or of your products that you produce uh, just using light without any contact without any touching so basically we implement systems in the industry where you produce large volumes of products and we measure them in any aspects you want in any aspects you need without um, the uh, involvement of the human without any touch okay understood and how did it all start Tell us the true story of the light bulb moment, or maybe there wasn't any and it's an evolution rather than revolution. I think there was a couple of light bulb moments. Uh, the first light bulb moment was uh, when we um, introduced our first product uh, in the trade fair in Stuttgart, when we uh, showed everyone that uh, we can easily implement machine vision into any uh, kind of production process. So, for example, this was a product which was aimed for high-speed laser um, manufacturing. Uh, so not only vision-oriented, but also high technology uh, connected with lasers. So uh, we introduced system that was able to see objects for the laser and then make the path of the laser uh, adjusted. And one of the light bulb moments was that we have seen that there is high uh, potential in the machine vision components that are really manufactured, uh, tailored uh, to fit the, the needs of the of the customer. But also there is a high need for systems that can uh, be more, um, I would say, flexible. So, for example, uh, manufacturing plants are always 
changing. Uh, so the production lines are always during the constant process of evolution. So if you provide the customers systems that cannot uh, change with the changing manufacturing plant, then you are in a problem. So and uh, now uh, this was the first light bulb moment that uh, constant R&D is something that you need to really implement if uh, in your company if you want to provide this kind of um, solutions for the for the customers. And um, second light bulb moment was um, when we have seen the potential in the space market. So we, we had a first uh, experience with um, institutions such as uh, European Space Agency, and then we saw um, that there is a high need for uh, specialized robotized uh, vision systems that can be used uh, in space. Okay, okay, understood. We will come back to that topic in a moment. I am uh, about to ask you about some of your space uh, work in a later stage of this uh, interview. But what was before that event in Stuttgart? So you were trying to do something with a team of friends. Uh, what was the idea to actually start off with the company? So it was a more like a group of friends doing software stuff for the companies and production sites, mostly in Poland, but also for some in Germany. And then we uh, we were not really product oriented. We were like um, software house, uh, but uh, in a very narrow field of vision systems. So uh, this was uh, uh, this was the beginning of the company. No one really thought about doing something bigger. Uh, of course, when you're young and after uh, your college and you think about what you can do with your life, you always think that you're going to you know uh, run into something big or uh, start something uh, big but we were like a more pragmatic group of friends uh, who just thought that okay we we know how to do this and um, there are some customers which we know from our past uh, but uh, the light bulb moment of the trade fair was the uh, was the moment that we really thought that okay let's do the product and um, we need to focus more on product that will not be uh, really funded by the customer it won't be funded by the vc because at that time we didn't really know about how to uh, apply for money from the investors and we saw that it's really needed to develop product uh, just by spending money but you really need to know what you want to do because you don't have this huge amount of money to be burned uh, for uh, development sure so two questions now follow-up questions First, how big is the company in terms of people? Because I can't really find this information on uh, on the website, just quickly scrolling through it now. And second one is about funding. I can read on the website that you have been funded by NCBR, which is mm -hmm. the National Center of Research and Development. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's one of the ways to get funded for high tech in Poland. So I would like you to, to give us a bit of your thoughts on that uh, as well. So answering first question, uh, we are now the team of 23 people uh, and we are still hiring. But during, during this COVID situation, we, we just are waiting for uh, everything to settle down. And answering your second question, yes, we now after these four years, five years, now we know how to apply for money. We have two NCBR projects running right now. Both of them are mm, connected with the space industry. Uh, one project for um, about 
two and a half million zlotys. So it's um, quite a lot uh, in Polish space uh, industry scene. And uh, the second project now we run and we just started. Uh, it's for about 12 million zlotys. And also we have raised some money from the VC from Poland. But uh, I would say that now we are in the moment where uh, our company uh, is going to maybe this year, we're going to see, uh, we have the break even point. So all of our costs will be covered by the customers and our R&D will be covered by NCBR and also our customers. Brilliant. Congratulations. I wish you to succeed with this milestone, I, I guess it's a very important milestone for a company of this kind of profile. Um, talking about your products and services, I would like to touch on this because this is very important from the perspective of uh, other startups when they are going to listen to this podcast. Uh, we see on your website, you know, very specific fields uh, of uh, different engineering uh, services you provide. 3D measurements, image processing. On the other hand, we read publications about the space drilling system, uh, which is probably uh, you know quite quite impressive just uh, when you read about it. But now, when you're gonna talk about it a bit more, maybe it's gonna be even more interesting. I would like to ask you, what's the number one thing for you guys to work on these days? And you've mentioned the second NCBR grant. Is it mm -hmm. something related to it or is it mm -hmm. space drilling or maybe something else? Yeah, uh, the second NCBR grant is uh, connected with the space industry. And uh, this is uh, one of our uh, two, uh, I would say, flagships. Uh, we have two um, fields of our um, R&D and also of our business. One of them is space industry, which actually is uh, something that you need to spend a lot of money before you get something back, especially in the upstream sector of the space industry, because the space industry have two sectors, upstream and downstream. Upstream is everything that you send into space. For example, uh, Elon Musk and uh, rockets flying into space but also the downstream which is uh, right now much more profitable I would say and uh, it's uh, connected with the software and services that you provide uh, based on the equipment that you have in space for example telecommunication is the typical downstream and for example uh, earth imaging earth observation data it's also downstream. Uh, but if you make telescopes for uh, for imaging Earth, then you are in the upstream sector. And we are in the upstream sector. We make optics that can fly into space and make good pictures of, of Earth, good pictures of other satellites. So we are uh, the company that provides expertise uh, in uh, creating equipment that can fly into space and we are the only uh, company in Poland, uh, this kind of company in Poland that focuses only on uh, space optics which is quite uh, hard um, part of the space system because you need to have uh, everything uh, manufactured in very precise way and uh, you don't want this kind of equipment to be uncalibrated uh, in space environment which is very rough and um, 
the core product in this field is our imager. So this is the system to um, image Earth from space. And this is uh, the ScanSat project. So uh, this is the project that we built very small space telescope, which is uh, intelligent, which can provide very precise data from space uh, and can fit into the shoebox. So something very small, something that you can uh, send in, in a very small satellites, but can be also very precise instrument. And uh, the second thing, apart from the space systems, we also produce vision systems for the production lines. In this field, we provide a product which is named uh, HyperEye. HyperEye is an intelligent camera that can measure um, objects with very precise color measurement. Of course, every camera can measure colors, uh, but typical RGB camera that measures three channels like red, green, and blue, uh, it's camera that sees the world like your own eyes. So theoretically, you see a lot of colors, uh, you can see uh, almost everything, but the true information about objects is hidden in these three channels. And if you could measure everything like a spectrometer, so you can, for example, have 100 of colors, 100 of channels, and this uh, HyperEye product measures everything in 100 and even sometimes 150 uh, channels, 150 colors. Then you can, for example, see uh, the things um, that is called spectral signature of objects. For example, you can see uh, substances covered on the uh, on the surfaces that you would not be able to see uh, with RGB camera or your own eyes. A typical application of this kind of camera is, for example, to see if um, the food that you produce is spoiled or it's okay. For example, to see if the kind of bacteria is covered on the, on the food that you process. Uh, we can also see the quality of the chemical products. We can see if the composition of the pills that you make in the pharmaceutical industry have good chemical composition. So everything that uh, I say uh, can be measured just by precisely measuring the colors of the uh, object. And this is what HyperEye will provide for the industry. Okay. okay. I would like to talk about the ESA work now. So ESA is the European Space Agency. Can you give us some key takeaways for working with them? Uh, maybe share a story or two on the way they work. Yeah, of course. Uh, we started working with uh, ESA um, at the beginning of the Polish uh, membership in ESA. This was 2012. Uh, we were students at the uh, Wroclaw University of Technology, and we were looking into the student projects that ESA is offering. And there was uh, two kind of projects that ESA was offering for the Polish students. This was REXUS and BEXUS. Uh, the name is uh, the acronym of the rocket rocket and balloon experiment for university students. So the basic idea is that uh, the students from all around the Europe can send proposals of their experiments that can be launched into space on the rocket or on the uh, stratospheric balloon. And during our studies, we uh, launched a balloon and uh, the project was successful. But after that, 
uh, when we founded Scanway and we started to work on Scanway and uh, university career was something from the past, we helped a group of Polish uh, students to make an experiment for the rocket flight. So this was the space drilling equipment that uh, that you mentioned before, uh, the space drilling equipment that provided um, precise measurements of what is the process of drilling in asteroids. So it's a more like Armageddon style um, measurement. Uh, so for example, you know, space resources is the now very hot topic um, because for example, if you can imagine that there is a asteroid the size of Poland and this asteroid can be covered in platinum. So for example, you can easily extract this resource, even easier than on the Earth, and bring that to uh, to the Earth. The thing of this experiment was to measure how really you can drill something out from the asteroid uh, in space, because there you have, uh, you know, microgravity, so everything weights almost nothing. So um, you have also vacuum. So is it really um, different to drill something in space or is it gonna be uh, the same? And we provided vision system for this experiment and uh, it was a very successful project for our company and for the team from the uh, university. And uh, we were working with ISA on this project also because ISA uh, is the, the entity that provides you the rockets, provides you the possibility to join the project with ISA standards. So they are looking on um, the safety, looking on the uh, engineering part of your experiment. So we were, uh, you know, uh, in the process of manufacturing this uh, system based on all of the ISA standards that you can imagine. So it was very hard uh, engineering and it was a very good uh, experience to, you know, provide in the future, provide systems that can be launched into space. So this was the beginning of our experience with space uh, systems. And uh, we were working 18 months with ISA and after that, our experiment was launched into space and everything worked fine, uh, just as we um, thought it will be. And um, this was a very good project to start our path in the space industry. And that was the beginning. And ISA uh, is also open for uh, accelerating uh, startups from Poland. And um, based on this project, we ma managed to get a lot of contacts with people in ISA that can provide uh, business opportunities and provide uh, accelerate of your startup in the European Space Agency. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I must admit, you are not first uh, or even not the second person I uh, spoke to over the last few months uh, when it comes to joint ventures with ESA and with projects that they offer. It seems like they are a very active entity to help out startups and they, they do it quite well. There is a lot of companies, even in Poland, who have been involved with some uh, ISA workshops and ISA projects. So that's that's great, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, ISA is a very um, 
uh, active entity and I would say that uh, ESA is spending a lot of money on uh, now uh, transferring the technology from space uh, to the ground. Uh, this is actually also what we are doing right now. For example, on our website, we had statement that we transfer the technology from space to Earth and even the Hyper Eye product is uh, kind of tech transfer from space to Earth because uh, as I said in the beginning, we were producing uh, space telescopes, uh, space imaging systems for, for the satellites uh, as the offspring of this uh, uh, drilling experiment, I would say, which is completely different kind of business as you, as you think about it. But uh, the HyperEye is also one of the products that we transfer the technology from the space industry. Uh, hyperspectral imagers are basically kind of imagers that were designed for space industry and we transfer them to the production plants and transfer this technology to measure the quality of the product. So ESA is also um, helping in this kind of um, activities and ESA have this uh, space transfer laboratory in which you can browse through the uh, patents of ESA and you can launch a technology transfer process and then you can, for example, easily buy a technology that is, is already manufactured, are already made and you can uh, make a business model of that. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you for that insight. I really mm -hmm. think that's going to be helpful for at least a few of the listeners in the mm -hmm. future maybe. Um, I yeah. would like to carry on with questions which are not uh, related that much to the technology you guys do. Uh, it is it is mm -hmm. very interesting and I really appreciate the the broad uh, explanation of what you do. I, th I think it's really amazing. But uh, from a perspective of a startup or, or a small technology company in Poland, I also ask uh, my guests about the experiences for um, some more business-related uh, topics. And I always have this feeling that we're quite strong when it comes to uh, technology in Poland. But when it comes to um, business development or sales, it's a bit different, let's say. So how is it done at your end? Do you have any troubles with it? Or maybe right now you have hired a bunch of salespeople and you're doing it very well. Tell me more about it. Yeah, I would say that development of our sales uh, process was a very important part of our uh, company. Uh, of course, we had some basic uh, problems because, for example, selling uh, B2B requires a lot of contacts, first of all, and secondly, requires a lot of um, experience in how to go through the process of ordering something in the big companies because our customers are mostly the manufacturing plants, the space industry companies. They have really, you know, precise process of how to order things and even more precise um, description of how to order things that are uh, more expensive than 10,000 euros. Uh, so, uh, in the beginning, we were just like a bunch of students who, who had couple of customers already acquired we're not looking for uh, some more uh, customers but uh, these things also of course things easily changed when you stepped into the first product or, or something and uh, you really started to be a company uh, not just a, a software house that provides a couple of um, solutions for one or two customers and uh, we really uh, 
were able to expand our sales force through the consulting um, services, but also through the uh, development of the sales team. So uh, when we hired the first guy that his only job was to sell stuff, this was the game changer of uh, our startup company. I think this can be a, a little bit um, you know, weird to say about that, but I think a lot of Polish startups don't really think uh, about uh, selling stuff, especially hardware startups. Uh, they have a lack of knowledge about how to develop um, the sales team. And they have, uh, as, as, as we had, the lack of knowledge that you need really to hire guys, uh, hire people to just do the sales stuff. And um, it's not easy to, to find a person that can both understand the specifics of the vision systems and also to uh, know how to just easily you know, arrange meetings, uh, have um, conversation with the customers. But uh, after some work, we, we were able to do that. And um, I think especially the most important thing is that uh, if I would start a next company, I would start from the sales team. Uh, firstly, sell something similar to your core business, but let's do it as a resale, for example. So uh, I think uh, a lot of successful Polish startups started as a resale companies. So you don't have R&D process uh, in your company. If you have the sales chain, so you have sales processes, if you have CRM, it's all basic stuff that you have. You should have in, in every working business. Uh, then you can think about uh, expanding your products, expanding your team, uh, R&D team and other stuff. So, of course, we had problems, but uh, if you are smart, you will figure everything out and you have uh, a lot of chances to, to, to have a winning company. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, insight again. I also think that and it's not just startups it's it's not seriously it's not just about startups it's about companies in principle for small businesses you know if it's a small service business or if it's a small uh, production company um, you know maybe sometimes they have one or two customers and that's it they rely on the relationship they had from the past and they're just stagnant when it comes to new business opportunities development so I, I'm really on your side with that. I really think that it's a key thing to do to have a sales rep or a business development rep for any company that would like to grow and not, you know, just uh, wait to die, basically. Because if you're static, then you get uh, swallowed by the whole world and uh, the competition. That's the truth, I think. Uh, but you've mentioned something which is also very important i think and i would like to ask if you could add a few more words here could you please explain to us a bit more uh, when it comes to uh, production companies like your clients let's say uh, in general what would be the uh, buying process like so i'm thinking from a different startup perspective is there anything that a startup should be aware of when it comes to approaching a big company to try to mm -hmm. sell them hardware yeah. that's what i'm asking uh, first thing you need to know what are their needs maybe it's a bit reinventing the wheel but you really need to think about what are the needs of this company and where are they losing money right now so all of the systems that we sold in the industry uh, was the precisely described solution for the 
problem and for the money losing part of their business. For example, after this COVID situation, I think there will be a lot of um, needs for robotized systems because you just want to, maybe it's a not a good way to say that, but you need to get rid of people in the production lines. It's not that they will lose jobs. They will be in some other parts of the factory, but when there is a lot of people in one place, for example, sorting you know, nuts and screws, you need to get rid of them as uh, soon as possible. And uh, for example, this is the typical need, typical losing money uh, moment of their companies because if one of these persons, for example, have fever and uh, in a worst case scenario, COVID, then you have uh, lockdown of a whole company for a month or, or maybe even uh, more time. So this is a typical place when you can lose money. You, you need to show the customer how much cost they will reduce if you implement the system. So I would say the need is the ultimate um a language uh, like that you will uh, have in common with your customer because uh, you can have great marketing or you can have great uh, technology but if you don't cover the needs uh, then you're screwed you, you cannot uh, implement something that is uh, not good for the customer and uh, production lines have very uh, very precise uh, ways to measure how they lose money and they have let's say the culture of really explaining all of the costs uh, in a way of uh, cost saving manner so uh, for example once i've uh, in one of the biggest uh, chemical companies uh, in plant in in the world i was uh, talking about the vision systems and they is they said that they have money for maintenance but they don't have a lot of money for modernization of the production line. And uh, after we show the numbers, so for example, you can cut costs of the maintenance if you implement this modernization, then uh, they really started to talk uh, with us. And this was the moment when they really see that this is possible to implement this kind of technology, this system into their production plan. So need is the uh, ultimate answer. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you for that. And please tell me now, what was the most uh, difficult thing for you to work uh, on over the last couple of years? And uh, was it something to do with the technology? Maybe you struggled with some kind of uh, specific aspect of your products, or maybe it was just, you know, the HR struggles and uh, you couldn't find good enough engineers. How do you deal with uh, this type of issues mm -hmm. as well? Uh, I would say on the HR uh, side, uh, how to make team out of the group of people. So uh, how to make the people cooperate and every day how to make that they want to go to the company and do the job that you asking them for. So um, this is a very uh, important and very hard uh, thing. We had a lot of uh, failures on this uh, in this process. I, I would say from the perspective that we sometimes even uh, blow out like months of the R&D because we made poor actions on the HR side. So I would say this is very important part of every startup because in the beginning you are a group of guys 
but if you have a business model that is scalable and uh, you need uh, you, you will get more money then you will hire more people and after you hire more people you have a lot of um, problems because if you are group of engineers you don't have experience in working with people you don't know how to make teams and uh, this is very uh, important thing to to i and this was very hard for us even that i have quite a lot of experience in building teams in um, non-government organization before the scanway company and i would say the second uh, most challenging part was to uh, understand how the world is really working because um, when you try to sell something when you try to produce something and you know uh, make people uh, enjoy their work now you you cover a lot of areas of uh, of how the world uh, world is really working how the companies are uh, generating revenues how do they uh, expand their uh, technology to help to improve quality of products i would say uh, also connecting this with the equity and uh, venture capital uh, was uh, for an engineering guy just like me uh, was a challenging part so um, i would say making business uh, makes you think about how the world is working and that was one of the hardest part of the company experience okay very interesting i really like that answer really because it, it seems to me like it was a very honest answer and you really try to you know appreciate the importance of it so that's that's really great um and what's the key thing that you have learned recently that helps you run the company that's going to be the closing question uh be as fast as possible in the break even point because this change thinking i mean it may be not a very sophisticated answer but i recently learned a lot preparing the budget for the next year probably because of the covid situation you can most of parts of this uh, budget can throw away but uh when we saw that uh, there are possibilities to you know have a break even point and in the end of the year this was a game changing uh, experience that showed us all of this r and d uh, ex- expenses all of these costs that we uh, generate because of implementation of the um, space systems or of the uh, very sophisticated technology for the production plants you, we can cover that with um, our uh, incomes from the industry this was like okay so you really are able to make a real business model like not only the company that's only spends money that's a lot of companies in the world uh, a lot of startups uh, when you can make something out of it it's a really game changing experience i um, hope that every uh, founder will one day uh, find that out brilliant very very good a very good uh, interview i really liked it very positive i really hope that you know all your work um, uh, comes to fruition maybe some ideas you will just burn them maybe some ideas will completely change and pivot the company in the future i don't know well the only thing i hope is that you guys are gonna keep up with the good work uh, regardless of the situation now with the virus but uh yeah i'm I'm really glad that we've managed to talk today if there is anything else you would like to add to the listeners that will be uh that'll be it for today Yenjay. thank you very much
Thank you very much. And uh, be safe, be good, and uh, uh, don't uh, uh, don't get swollen but by the virus. So uh, best wishes for all of you. Brilliant. Thank you very much.